0: Hey there, this is Jen Wade, part of the core team here at Springs Church. We just want to say thank you so much for joining us and listening to our podcast. We are praying that it encourages you and it inspires you. And if you'd like to find out more about Springs Church, please visit our website, springschurch.co.uk. Here's to today's message. If you have your Bible, either um, real paper or on your phone, uh, would you just uh, thumb your way to Exodus chapter 20? into uh, that chapter a little later on. Before we do a little introduction, uh, we all have people in our lives we admire. Correct. I mean, when you look around, look around this room. There's plenty of people in this room that I really, really admire. Uh, one of them is not here today. It's his birthday weekend. Uh, Ginger bass playing, lovely guy, Ben Wade. He's 30 years old. This, well, not today, yesterday. 30 years old. 30 years young. And uh, I put a little uh, post about him last night on Facebook and the Instagram, just the modern way. And I said something along the lines of, you might be 10 years younger, but I don't have look up to that guy." All of us have people in our lives that we really look up to, correct? Yeah. It yeah. um, might be a teacher that was massively influential on you, a real confidence that, really encouraging. Uh, you might have a, a, some kind of influencer, an online influencer that you find <laughs> really, really helpful. Got some great advice and has been really inspirational. Uh, anyone got any business heroes? Any businessmen, businesswomen heroes? Anyone all like dragons, then man, think, wow, you've done well. That's inspirational. Maybe you've got business leaders who are <coughs> uh, inspirations to you. What about sports personalities? Anyone got any sports heroes? Throw a few out. What sports heroes have we got? Stevie Ball. doing back the okay. Anyone else? No sports heroes? Say good. <laughs> I'm glad you said that, right? Say again. Rory McIlroy, <coughs> yeah, Why is that, Matty? <laughs> he's very good at God, he's to very good at God, he speaks to his opinions, I like that, I like that. Anyone a fan of Roger Federer? <laughs> the people's favourite. <coughs> Fantastic. Um, yeah, Jack mentioned David Beckham. I've got to be honest, I've been a David Beckham fan a lot of my life. Thinking, I think he's remarkable. I even think my favourite number is the number 23, uh, because that was his number at Real Madrid. I don't know, <laughs> I've been still favourite number. We well, have yeah, people influence. <laughs> yeah, it is actually. Yeah, we've that. It, it is my favourite. It's twenty twenty three. It's its 2023 its yeah. my um, favorite We have people we admire in our lives, and uh, and uh, I think when you when really, you really got someone you admire, there's an autobiography that you're reading, uh, you're absolutely intrigued about what makes people tick. What makes people tick? What makes people get out of bed in the morning? What makes do what they do. One common trait among highly successful people are you ready to be highly successful? One common trait among highly successful people is their devotion to something called discipline. One trait that is common to highly successful people is is their personal discipline. The way they order their lives of the fact that Jackie. Um, has, has, has gone to the gym his whole life but now the gym has come home to Jack yeah, I'm an idiot. And, uh, and he's disciplined in what he does he's an inspiration there is discipline in what he does people who do are serious about their, about their bodies are disciplined about what they allow in what they don't allow in Amen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> people, highly successful people are disciplined they, they stick to a set of values that they're devoted to they practice, practice, practice I think one of the things on about David Beckham, I'm going to start talking about him in a second. <laughs> but he's, he's, so the stories go, he'd be the first person at the training ground in the morning. And then he'd train the whole session with all the rest of the team. But long after everyone had gone, he would be practicing his free kicks for hours on his own, with a load of footballs so with no one watching. So that what he practiced in private became his excellence in public. In fact, James Ward Price is about to beat David Beckham's all time Premier League free kick record in the next couple of free kick goals. But I love the fact that he did it time and time and time again so that when it mattered, he was able to step up. It's interesting, isn't it? An online recruitment consultant. I don't know if you're looking for a job this morning, but I'm going to give you a little something. An online recruitment consultant agency with a legacy of helping the employer brands source the parallel talent, workforce solutions that put people first. They released an article, this one my uh, recruitment consultants, called 10 Things That Highly Disciplined People Have in Common. Are you ready for these 10 things? Number Ten is important for us this morning. Ten <coughs> things. One, highly successful people keep their eye on the prize. Ooh. Number two, they live and die by deadlines. I didn't die in a few deadlines at the university when I was uh, two or three o'clock in the morning finishing my essays before the 9 o'clock deadline. True story. Seems to get my best juice at that time of night, though. Number three, people clearly define their goals. Highly successful people lead with their mind over their mood. You can move if you find it interesting. Highly uh, successful people, highly disciplined people set boundaries and revel in routine. That's five to six. Number seven, they work at developing Number eight, they take care of themselves. Number nine, highly disciplined people avoid temptations. It's a tough, aren't <laughs> hey. one. And number ten, disciplined people, highly successful people are disciplined people. And number ten, they commit. They commit. Highly disciplined people are committed to what they're going after. And I'm excited when I look at the life of Jesus, because I reckon Jesus would have uh, been a great candidate for this recruitment consultancy with the legacy of health the employer, a source of parallel talent, workforce solutions that put people first. Sounds a bit like Jesus. Because I find that Jesus, he kept his eye on the prize. Hello? Right? He kept his eye on the prize. The scriptures say, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Have you heard that? I reckon that Jesus did indeed live and die by the deadlines set by the Father in heaven. He was born when he was meant to be born, and he died when he was uh, was meant to die for us. The scriptures say that just at the (coughs) right time, Christ died for us. The Lord lived and died by deadlines. He had clearly defined goals. He said, I have come that they may have life to the full. He knew what he was doing. He always led with his mind over his mood. He said, Lord, if it's possible to take this cup, this sacrifice, this death on the cross away from me, please do it. But if not the case... Your will, not my will, be done. He led with his mind over his mood. He reveled in routine <coughs> and developed holy habits. We told that Jesus took himself away every morning to a solitary place so that he could just speak with his father. Jesus set boundaries. He clearly chose who it was right and wrong to be around that at different times. Jesus took care of himself. When he needed quiet, he removed himself from the noise. <coughs> when he needed sleep, he slept. Even on a boat in the middle of a storm, this guy was going to get shut up. Jesus never gave in to temptations. And Jesus was committed. Real committed. So committed that a 12-year-old Jesus was one day in the temple and he says, Mom, Dad, like I wasn't lost, don't you know? For I must be about my father's business. Can <laughs> you imagine if John he came up to us and we were like, where are you? You lost me, don't you? To be about my father's business. You can't argue with that, can you? Can't argue with that. Here. Yes, sir. yes. Sir. You Sorry. As you read the scriptures, you get to see how brightly and how brilliantly Jesus honoured God and treated people. Are you with me this morning? Jesus was just incredible, phenomenal, Now, perfect. Never once, now listen to this guys, never once did Jesus compromise holiness for the sake of some sort of shortcut towards his calling. Never once did Jesus compromise his calling. In his heart he always said, not, your, not my will, but your will be done, Father. <laughs> never once did Jesus compromise the word of God to be more palatable for a non-Christian public. But never once did he compromise his compassion for those same people who were far off just to appear holy in front of the religious authorities. He didn't compromise. Never once did Jesus compromise his character to give in to the stuff that his flesh was craving. Wow. Jesus lived a what life? Hello? I know it's the morning. Come on. He lived a perfect life. Literally But if Jesus lived perfect, you've got to ask, what did he live perfect towards? Because like if, if someone was a perfect teacher, like there's a whole bunch of teaching standards that they've got to meet to be a perfect teacher. Or if someone was a, a, a perfect in their, in their finance, they, they, they've got to have a bunch of standards to bring them up to how good they are in their finance. What was the standard that made Jesus perfect? What standard did he live up to? The standard that he lived up to was known as the law of God. Have you ever heard of that? Sometimes it's referred to as the laws of God. Moses. The standard that Jesus was perfect according to was uh, is found in 613 different laws in the first five books of the Bible. Genesis, eh, Genesis, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy. 613 laws given by God. Ceremonial laws, civil laws and moral laws that Jesus perfect that incredible? Some of you struggle not to break the speed limit this morning. And then we've got Jesus fulfilling 630, now these laws written in the first five books of the Bible, they were descriptions and written laws, commands of God that taught us what it would take to be pure enough to have a relationship. And if you can nail all of these laws in every single waking moment of your life, then you might just have a chance, a shot, at being pure in God's sight. Does that feel a bit heavy? mean it does. See, these five books are known as the Torah in Judaism. As an infant, Jesus would have learned to read, With these five books of the law. Containing how many rules? 613. As a boy. Jesus would have gone to synagogue. He would have gone to the the meeting of the religious faithful. Every single Shabbat. And he would have heard all of these books taught. He would have learned to read using these laws. He would have heard these uh, these laws discussed constantly. (coughs) It's most likely then Jesus, the 12 year old, Jesus the boy, would have started to have got his understanding, his earthly understanding of all things God and the Lord studying these brothers and sisters at synagogue. Jesus, the 12 year old, was teaching these scriptures with wisdom beyond his years in the temple in Jerusalem. At 12 years old, he's teaching his elders what all these laws are actually all about. It's almost like he had some insider information. Jesus of Jesus. He grew and Jesus lived out these laws perfectly so when the time came for him to be sacrificed to take away our sin he was the perfect sacrifice that would release us from the burden of these laws. I want to encourage you that Jesus came to make religion very simple indeed. Not 613 tick box activities that you better nail you in the division of judgment, Jesus brought down to two things. Love God Love your neighbour as yourself. We'll come to that more in a minute. Let's see what Jesus had to say about all these laws of the Old Testament. Because it's not what they didn't matter to you. It's what he said on the screen, Matthew chapter 5, 17 to twenty. Should be coming up. It says, Jesus says, "Don't think I've come to get rid of all these laws, abolish them, or things that the prophets say. I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfil them." But truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So whilst our salvation does not rest on us for Jesus was asked one day. He was asked one day. Matthew 22. Some religious leaders were trying to quiz him. Look at you, he Think you're so perfect. Living out all these religious laws. What do you think is the most important commandment? We've already touched on it. Teacher, which is the most important commandment? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbour as yourself. All the law... And the prophets hang on these, how many? Two commandments. Not two suggestions, not two good ideas, but everything that is holy rests on these two things. Love God and love your neighbour as yourself. 613 commandments, summed up in just two. Love God and love your neighbour as yourself. What's really beautiful is this that love God and love your neighbour as yourself, beautifully overview the first ten commandments ever given to us by God. you heard the ten commandments? That's where we're going, the ten commandments. Let's look at these ten commandments. Exodus chapter 20, if you've got your Bible, you're already there in verse 3. This is what God says, these are the commandments that are dear to Jesus. So very much. You shall have no other gods before me, you shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness or anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them to serve them. For I, the Lord, your God, the jealous God, visited the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but I show steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. Number three, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Number four, remember the Sabbath day. Keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your <coughs> God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath, they and made it holy. Did you know that you weren't made to observe the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was actually made for you? The command is take a break, people. <coughs> command 5, honour your father and mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. You shall not murder the six: you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not cover your, cover your neighbor's house, you shall not cover your neighbor's wife, his, or his servants, or his ox, or his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. Today, the ox and the donkey is your neighbor's car, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> <get jazzed> <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. So here we have these Ten Commandments. These Ten Commandments. What were the standards that Jesus was living up to? that on our own. Jesus came lived did the perfect life and, and what we need to do is just embrace, love God, love people. And the Ten Commandments reflected beautifully. If you take a look at the commandments you will notice something incredible. The first five commandments are all to do with how to love God and the second five commandments are all about how we relate with and love people. It's incredible. When Jesus, uh, thousands of years after these commandments were given, said the most important thing was love God, love your neighbor so yourself, he wasn't making it up on the fly. He wasn't just coming up with it off the top of his head. His heart and his head would really have been founded in these original Ten Commandments. Love God, love people. Why ten? I don't know. But in Jewish numerology, number ten is the number of completion. It's really important. This is a really important set of ten. And what I find interesting is there are two groups of five. Love God, there's five words. Love. love people, there's five laws. <laughs> Jewish alphanumeric um, language, uh, number five, is the number of grace. And I'm excited about that. Because there's grace for us as we pursue loving God in our lives. And there's grace for us as we pursue loving people in our lives. What an incredible thing these commandments are. So when Jesus taught that these important commandments, love with God your God by your heart, soul, mind, strength, love your neighbor yourself. He was not making something new. He was he was ratifying what had already been spoken. What had been spoken in the Old Testament, especially in the in, in the Ten Commandments, still matters to us today. Still matters to us today. Love God and love people was the message the day that God gave Moses those commandments, and it still is today. These Ten Commandments have been central to uh, to the church for the last two thousand years. They've been central to discipleship the last 2,000 years. They've been central to, 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 to the way that particularly Western society and its laws have been based. So over the next weeks, what we're going to do as a preach team is we're going to one by one, uh, we're, going to, we're going to look at unpacking these commandments and what do they mean for us today? What does it mean for us today? And we're going to couple it with the teachings of Jesus and we're, we're going to go deeper. And we're going to chase after living lives that are the God and honour people. Is that okay? finish off today's message, let's give it a little context to when these first commandments, these ten commandments first appeared. Is that okay? We've got to ask first of all, what were the people of God the Israelites called to? They were called to be light to the world, demonstrating what it meant to be children of God. Can I ask you today, do you know what you're called to do, Christian? Jesus said, I'm the light of the world, but now you are the light, light of the world. We have the same calling since we've been adopted into the family of God. Who had God just set these Israelites free from? Because you may not know the Bible, but just before God gave the Ten Commandments, the people of Israel, his chosen people in those days, had been in captivity and slavery in Egypt for hundreds of years, and God had just saved them out of slavery. Wow. So God had got his chosen people to be a light to the world, but they have been in slavery. Do you know what you've been saved from? You've been saved from the sin and, and been and made a slave to sin. And you've been saved from the fear of death. You have been brought out of your Egypt, which is a life away from God. And brought into a promised land, which is called the kingdom of God. Adopted into the family of heaven. Way. So they've come out of Egypt and now they're in a wilderness, but where are they heading God's people, before they had these commandments, were heading to something called the promised land, a place to call home. Can I ask you, church, where are you heading? Where are we heading? You've been called to be light. You've been saved out of slavery and sin and death. And we're heading to something called the promised land. Do you know the scriptures say that you are a citizen, not Great Britain first. If you're a Christian today, you're a citizen of heaven. Isn't that incredible? just happened to be British as well. Why? We have another king from another place. Who would God set his people free from? And then lastly, how did God want his people to do when they finally reached this place called the Promised Land? He gave them the Ten Commandments. When you come into your freedom, when you come out of your slavery, in order to shine brightly in grace like my people on the earth. (coughs) How does God want us to live as a community? He wants us to make his priorities our priorities because then the one who is light begins to shine very brightly in us and through us. I'm just going to finish uh, with these scriptures. Why bother bother looking at the Ten Commandments for a little while? It's very Sunday school. Well, a lot of But John chapter fourteen, verse fifteen to (laughs) seventeen, Jesus said these words: "says If you love me, if if, if you love me, now it's it's not a it's not a weird if you love me you'll do it. It's not that kind of if you love me. It's just it's just an honest question. If you do happen to love me, you'll keep my commandments. That's, That's just what we do. And I'll ask the." will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth. The world cannot receive Him because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him. Because he dwells in you and will be with you. Why? Right. There's no way we can live up to the perfect holy requirements of all the Lord. But because we have the fulfillment of the Lord Jesus, by his Holy Spirit in our Work it out as we go along, knowing we've got our Savior by our side and His Spirit in us. John chapter 16, Jesus says, and I want to encourage you this morning. Some of you sitting in church thinking, the Lord's finished with me. This is what He says I still have many things to say to you. And you can't bear with all that. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. Is that good news this morning? God have us a lot. And God knew it was a lot. And so not only did we send Jesus, but He also sent his spirit to help us in our pursuit of Jesus. So that's the answer. And then you know, just one sure have I want to encourage you this morning sure that what it takes to have a relationship with God is very and allow us to come into relationship with his father. In the fourth book, Deuteronomy, of Olives, Moses repeats the Ten Commandments because Moses is about to die. He doesn't actually get to live in the promised land. That's another guy's job, Joshua. And God, um, he, he gets Moses to repeat the commandments like, guys, you're about to go into your promised land. I need you to remember what I was commanding you. But before Moses repeats the hard truth of the Ten Commandments, so you better listen up. I think it's in chapter 4 of Deuteronomy. God tells his people that there are some cities called the cities of refuge. And the explanation that we have about the cities of refuge is God says to his people, listen, not if you mess up, but when you mess up, there are going to be three cities of refuge that you can run to for safety and even if you've done wrong, and you didn't realise it, you'll get a fair hearing, and you'll be treated with kindness. And I got really interested, as I do, I wonder what the names of these cities mean. These three cities of refuge, these places to run to, just in case, or when we do mess up, we've got so to run to. The first city was called Biza. I want to say Biza. Biza, full of Bezas, Right? You've got Biza. Visa translates this meaning, means rough gold, unrefined gold, remote fortress. So if we struggle to follow God, before we get weighed down by all the commandments, there's a place of refuge for you, unrefined bits of gold, valuable and beautiful as you are, a remote fortress that you can run to for God. And the second city is called Ramoth. We'll say Ramoth. Ramoth means this. Disputes laid aside. Right? Disputes laid aside. And then the third city was called Golan. Have you heard of the Golan Heights? It's around there. And Golan means their captivity, their rejoicing. Golden. It was in an area called Bashan And Bashan meant fruitful And it was in a region called uh, The region of the Manasites And Manasites means Causing to forget Oh Lord we want to chase after you We want to follow you But God, thank God He knows how sometimes weak we are To follow him and pursue him With all holiness as we want to but just before the truth of the law is read right out for a second time, there's a grace called Sins of Refuge. And if you are gold this morning, you may well be unrefined gold, but the Lord wants to refine you at a remote fortress where you are protected. And when he refines you, the dispute between you and God is laid aside. What was captivity becomes rejoicing. notice that grace and truth was not a New Testament Jesus idea. It's all the way through like a stick of rock. If you follow the Lord diligently and pursue Him with all all of your heart, you will find constantly not truth and then grace, but it's always grace and then truth. Oh, we are so accepted. Come on, let's stand to our feet this morning. We are so accepted. We're so loved. We're so pursued by God. And we can pursue Him without fear second to his holiness we again for listening to hear more of our messages make sure to subscribe to our youtube channel and our podcast channel for past preachers if you feel like you got something out of today's message why not share it with your friends and spread the good news of jesus we are praying for you we love you so please if you need anything at all check out springschurch.co.uk god bless